We do the work of doing the breeding, you know, getting the seeds, having the right genetics, and then planting those, building them up, you know, over a year so that you get a nice-sized tree to put in the ground that will survive and, and grow and thrive in the forest. Hello everyone, my name is Sarah Minhinek, I'm the GM of Capital Markets Origination here at The Exchange and today it's a great pleasure to welcome Justin Birch, the President and CEO of Arbogen to the podcast. We're recording this on the morning of September 21st and so it feels really appropriate as we celebrate the spring solstice to have one of our most involved companies with nature with us. So welcome Justin. Well thank you, appreciate being here. Thanks for coming in. It's been great to have you guys open the trading this morning and and it's been really fun talking to you about what's happening in the business. You're down from the US for a few days here in New Zealand. Perhaps you could give everyone listening a little bit of an introduction to your background and what drives you every day and your inspiration to work at Arbogen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my background, I came, grew up in the the US, in the central US, and then spent some time in finance, but ultimately wanted to get to somewhere where I dealt with things outdoors. So I've been working in food and agriculture culture, both in investments and then actually at operating companies that have done a variety of different products, including uh, pistachios and dates, lemons, uh, most recently stone fruit. So that was peaches, plums, nectarines. So a lot of different things that just grow outside, trees that grow outside and and produce those type of crops. Came over to Arbogen uh, uh, three months ago um, and really was inspired by their vision of um, you know, growing, continuing on that that part of growing things that are are essential for all, for us all. Um, their vision of really being a leader in genetics of the in the forestry space really inspired me because I think it's obviously something that we need to have renewable products that are managed well and that um, and seeing the vision of of that having the great genetics and having a, a defensible platform excited me. So my background, you know, although it was more in agriculture, was still understood that. Growing things outside presents risks. There's climate change. There's just the normal side every day of things can break. They, not break, but uh, you know, there's storms. There's weather events. There's there's all the risks that people growing things outside take. Um, but that I enjoy that and enjoy uh, you know dealing with the the people, the real salt of the earth that uh, that really put forward and put their heart into to to growing these things. Oh, that's awesome. It's interesting to hear that you've been involved in so many aspects of horticulture and agriculture along the way, and now you're clearly focusing more on, on trees and eucalyptus and pine. For those people that are listening that might perhaps not know so much about Arbogen, perhaps you could give us an overview of um, what Arbogen does and, and your views on genetics and the value proposition with what you're doing with yeah, the trees. Yeah, absolutely. So Arbogen right now, it previously, and I guess the tie to New Zealand was it was um, had uh, multinational operations in uh, Australia, New Zealand, uh, the U.S. and the southern part of the U.S. and in Brazil. Um, the operations um, were recently sold in 2021, late 2021 for New Zealand and Australia, but continue the mission of ArborGen, which is to produce those great quality genetics um, in the forestry space. So basically that we're a nursery company and we plant you know, seeds uh, mainly loblolly pine in the U.S. and then in Brazil we do loblolly pine, um, which is a softwood used for um, you know timber for for construction as well as some pulp, um, and then eucalyptus in Brazil as well, which is a, a hardwood pulp that's used for a lot of uh, you know normal day to day products. Um, so our goal is to really you know make that process the best. We want to grow the most trees um, and and have it be the best product. So trees that are straighter, more disease resistant, more drought tolerant, and have a bunch of characteristics. Characteristics so that uh, the people that purchase trees from us, you know, we do the work of of doing the breeding, um, creating, you know, getting the seeds.
seeds, um, having the right genetics, and then planting those, building them up, you know, over a year, so that you get a, you know, a a, a nice sized tree to put in the ground that will survive and and grow and thrive in the forest. And so, for us, the genetics piece is really interesting. Um, you know, for our loblolly pine, we do something that's called um, our our best product is called mass control pollinate MCPs, and so we basically put a bag around the cones, so we have the best mothers that we've trialed over decades and we've had that research to kind of say okay we know that this family produces these best trees and we put it around the bags around the conifers and then inject the pollen so we know exactly from the right father tree and so we get the best type of tree the best genetic and we can offer that to our customers um, and so we have that and then eucalyptus similarly the trials those are actually done by clonal replication where you take little cuttings and put them into into containers but either way for us the the real value is that genetics play you know a better part in just creating a better thriving forest for our for our end customers who are the landowners Mm. it's really fascinating what you can achieve with that sort of genetic combination and taking the elite um mother and father combination some of the some of the numbers that i saw was that your ceilings deliver 40 percent more um higher revenue about 50 percent or more greater net present value and 60% more saw timber when you're finally harvesting them and, and they're straighter, as you said, and more disease resistant. I mean, that's, that's absolutely right. That's amazing. And that, and what's really amazing is just the investment this company's put over the years because these are, it's a long cycle because, you know, a normal, in, in Loblaw Pine, a normal uh, harvest cycle is 25 years. So to really see some of these play out, even, you you know, you have to have 10 years to really see is this on the right track. And so the idea of take the best from this and then move to the, you know, take the next best from that um, is really something in, in our, we've got a great team who's really focused on improving that using you know uh, uh, different statistical models and trying to speed up that process but part of it is still seeing how mother nature plays out and how the you know the averages and statistics and and what those families do and how they can push that forward yeah that's incredible and and the scale of it is also quite notable I mean you service over 2,000 customers per year you've got 14 seedling nurseries um, 10 seed producing watchards and overall production ca- capability of 450 million seedlings annually, which was a, a number that sort of blew my mind trying to conceptualize that, what that would look like. Um, but I, I'm sure you're not just stopping there. What, what are your plans for growth for the company? Well, I think for, first and foremost, I mean, the, the macro change dr- trends um, drive our business. So there's a few things. One, for growth for us, obviously, on the volume side, we want to continue to find different customers. So obviously, timber and and uh, and those products are going to be continued to use in construction. But I think there's a lot of um, you know big things like cross-laminated timber and different construction models that uh, can continue to use this great renewable resource. Um, and so that's a real great, great push. We continue to look at different afforestation efforts and customers in there. Um, that's particularly in the carbon space where the idea of planting more trees is continuing. Um, and then we also look to partner, you know, with, with uh, and our growth comes from trying to drive people and understand, help them understand the value of these advanced genetics that, yes, you can take the base tree, the base, co- you know, the base seed and grow a tree. But if you really want to create the best trees that will give you the best return and make the best forest for you as a landowner how can we educate you show you this value we've now got more and more um, evidence to show them you know because it is a big decision for our customers and so we um, are trying to work there so I think it's you know in the in the U.S. 
portion. It's really continuing that adoption of our of our higher value genetics and finding, you know, expanding our base and customers to show them the value there, um, and including in the carbon side. And then in Brazil, um, there's such a pent up demand, especially on the eucalyptus, both eucalyptus and pine, um, that it's really just trying to make sure that we expand at a measured and strategic pace um, and make sure that we can continue to be the, the largest and most professional provider there and kind of a fragmented industry there where we've really built a niche. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, picking up on, on sort of that sustainability topic, are you noticing a shift in attitude and a desire for more sustainable practices? Because clearly with what you do, there's there's a, a carbon angle to it. Yeah, no, I think for sure. I mean, we've we've uh, started work and, and are looking to find, you know, in our customers, we want to find partners that are really working towards, you know, what we envision as some of our values of that as uh, really that this is a product in an industry that that's great for the future. You know, it's a renewable resource. And so that our view is even reforestation, um, you know, you're capturing carbon if you're using that product for a good means yes there's you know inevitably some carbon loss by by milling it but you're still you know using something and then if you're replanting you're starting that curve which is the biggest in the early years Mm. to really capture carbon as it grows and grows and grows and so we we find a lot of value there and then finding companies that are willing to share in that vision and especially our value proposition of the advanced genetics how can we help them along the line in a in a few different areas and so i think that's that's some of the ones that uh we really have focused on of, of how can we work with them to build that sustainable future. We are constant, our sales model is one very much of having foresters in our sales roles mm. so that it's not just a pure sale. It's really helping people with, you know, maintain their best civic culture practices. How can they prepare these sites? How can they, you know, make the best, you know, forest possible? And so it's really not just a, you know, hey, we're trying to get a seedling in your door, but it's really how can we make you succeed? Because we believe if they succeed, then we all succeed. And that's ultimately a better sustainability play with with great thriving forests that are are well-kept, well-maintained and, and properly done. Mm, and having people that have been through a whole life cycle themselves right. and that understand that and yeah. how it works properly. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. And I mean, what a, what when we think about the future and, and Arbogen, can you talk me through what the strategic goals are for the company? What what do you think will happen in the next five and ten years? Do you think genetics is obviously such a big part of your business? Do you think that there'll be more leaps forward in genetic advancement with the science that you're working with? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're continuing to invest in that area because for us, that's the lifeblood. Like we can't just stand on our laurels and, and, and take what we have now. I mean, it's one that takes, you know, significant time. We already have stuff in the pipeline, but it's continued investment in those areas to continue to grow that because that's how we'll get there and continue to provide that value to our customers. And we're already seeing some, you know, in our newest line of MCP, um, we're even seeing greater results than the baseline MCP. So we continue Mm -hmm. to, to do that. And we're working on uh, models. Our, our product development continues to use new techniques where we can, you know, shorten that process. And so I think there's a, a piece of, you know, our strategic goals are really to always put genetics in the high performing, you know, our slogan is the best trees, the best results. Mm. And our view is that we've always got to have those trees. And so we, you know, one of our strategic pillars is really investing in market-driven genetics, not just something that we think is cool, but what's something that can ultimately help our our end customer, the, the landowner there. Um, I think then it's really kind of showing, you know, investing in that, always having the right product, and then education. For us, it's educating, you know, we've reached out, you know, educating landowners. Obviously, we'd like them to upgrade their genetics, and we mm-hmm. think that there's, it can be proven that it will help them, but I think it's educating everybody from, um, 
you know, the, the market and we've even looked at recently appraisers, right? Appraisers need to understand that if there's high value genetics on the land, shouldn't that be worth more in an appraisal value? Mm. And, you know, so, you know, we want to reach our, reach our efforts out to kind of continue to grow that because our goal is to really expand that base and advanced genetics. Um, and then I think, like I said, partnering with, with different partners to expand where, where trees can go and, and measure that, that make a lot of sense. There's a lot of areas of kind of, and especially in the U S of subpar farmland, mm -hmm. um, that, that really could be wonderful forest and really build on that. And so we can partner with, you know, afforestation partners in the carbon markets of putting new trees in, um, and as well as just building with our, our great base of, of current customers and, and, uh, partners that see if there's other areas that they would like to expand into. Mm. Oh, that's great. That's, I, I think it's, uh, really noble purpose that the company is is working towards and it's great to see more companies with a sustainability focus on the exchange yeah. um switching horses a little bit we're going to do the quick fire round all right um so justin what is your favorite book or podcast um i would say probably book i was thinking about and I, I even talked to my wife and over the years there's one book called lone survivor that always uh was a story of a of a heroic navy seal in uh, afghanistan i think in the early 2000s and uh who made it out and his team didn't and it was just really a great journey that always thought to me about it was a, a story it was you know terribly heroic but terribly sad and tragic but uh, uh you know talked about people that you know did great things and worked hard together and sacrificed together and, and pushed through and, and how that, so I've always found that one inspiring and in a, although very sad ending, but uh, very, very great, uh, great thing there. Sounds good. Could be a good one to add to the list. Uh, what's your favorite holiday destination? Um, you know, my mother grew up in Montana and so we, uh, we've been, uh, I, I'm one that does like a little bit of a cold in the, uh, in, in the Christmas time. I, I grew up, you know, in the Midwest, in the United States and would usually see snow. And so to me, I'd like to have something there. So we've, uh, as a family, we've been trying to go to, uh, you know, colder destinations and actually see some snow and have a reason for the hot chocolate in the holidays. Oh, that's nice. I would love to go to Montana one day. What is your favorite quote? You know, I was thinking about this. There's a lot, but there's one I was always a uh, real fan of. Uh, growing up, I had uh, American football coaches and wrestling coaches that always inspired me with uh, General George S. Patton from the Second World War, a great leader. And he had one that said um, that I've always thought about is if you tell people where to go, but not how to get there, you'll be amazed by the results. And I've always thought that and I've tried to kind of while imperfectly and do that in my leadership is that we've got great people and I've been surrounded by great people. And if I, you know, give them the direction, but let them, you know, bring their own flavor and their, their individualism to it, that, that there's things that I wouldn't even you know, think, think to inspire. And I've seen that throughout my career that people can really do great things if you let them run with it. Awesome. And last but not least, what's one piece of advice you would give someone looking to challenge the status quo in the industry? I think for me, it's really, if no matter what area you're at and if you're challenging, it's, you know, do what you say, say what you do. And so it's really kind of that, that measure of, to me, that's really the base of integrity, which is one of the values of our company. Mm -hmm. Um, and as we look to, if you say you're going to do something, do it because people respect that. And so you can't challenge the status quo if people don't respect that you're going to get done what you say you're going to do. And that to me can be the little things. If you say you're going to be there on a Tuesday, 
you make sure you're there on a Tuesday. And, you know, if you say you're going to deliver this piece of work or do this one thing, you make sure you do that. And that really it's not allowing that to, to, to lapse because you can't disrupt if people don't believe that you're going to do it, put their faith in you um, and, and galvanize behind the, the purpose and the goal you're trying to do. Yeah, got to follow through. That's yeah. right. Well, um, thank you so much for coming in today. I really enjoyed learning more about Arbogen this week and, and meeting your team. And it's been great to have you down in New Zealand. And, and one of my favorite quotes, which came to mind this week when we were thinking about your company, was that trees are poems that the earth writes upon the sky. That's great. And I, I think about that every time I'm walking and anywhere with, with nature, really. So um, that, that reminded me of your company, and it's, it's been great to have you here. Well, thank, thank you. you. I really appreciate it and appreciate your hospitality. And we love being here and, and partnering with NZX and uh, being here in New Zealand. Great. Thank you so much. The information provided in this podcast is a guide and is intended for general information purposes only. The information is not investment advice. The information should not be relied upon as a substitute for detailed advice from a professional advisor. The podcast may contain opinions or forward-looking statements and actual results may vary from what is expressed in this podcast. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the presenter or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of NZX. NZX Limited is not liable for any loss suffered through relying on the information in this podcast. NZX makes no warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the information in this podcast. All intellectual property rights in the content of this podcast are owned or used under license by NZX, and NZX's written consent is required to use, redistribute, or reproduce the content, or use it to create other works.